Did you miss us? <laughs> we missed you. And can I just say, our worship guys, we have been in Bethel, which is the home of the big PA, much electrical, gizzard, wizardry, etc., etc. But do you know what? Our worship is the best here. Just thought I'd share that with you. Me and Andy were both there in various sessions saying, this is good. It's not as good as hope. (laughs) Except for one evening session where Jeremy Riddle was leading the worship. And it went on for an hour and a half. We only realized that later. But he totally rocked it out the park. But that was the only session. The rest of the time we were like, wish we were at hope. (laughs) Um... So much happened in a month, and I'm not even going to attempt to tell you all about it. It'll come out in dribs and drabs over the next few weeks and months and stuff. Um, I'll tell you a bit of news. I'm going to put my laptop at the back, and Natalie is going to make sure it's switched on and working for me. Bless her cotton socks. Um, But I put some photos on there that you can have a look of where we stayed and uh, the swimming pool we swam in and us going to the Redwoods and us going to Lassen Volcanic Park. Apparently, my family say I took far, far, far too many photos of trees. (laughs) I've already bored them to death. And here's another photo of another tree. Um, where we stayed was lovely. It was peaceful and it was right out in the country. All you could hear was sheep, cows and horses. You couldn't hear any other sound. Uh, we rested and slept a great deal. We joined a gym because anyone who's looked on my blogs will know it was absolutely boiling. It was like uh, anything from 38 degrees to 45. So it was really hot. But your car's air-conditioned, the house is air-conditioned, and where your meeting's all air-conditioned. So uh, you have the bizarre experience of you take off your layers to go outside and you put them on to go into meetings and in people's homes. So you're still carrying a cardi with you, which is bizarre, but you're wearing it inside, not outside, which is weird when you're from Glasgow, weird. Um, some of the highlights were I got to go on some so-so training that we were doing, which was absolutely mint. What Jan was saying before, I'm part of the so-so team. If you have got any problems or hang-ups or you just want to get closer to God, book in for a so-so. Like Jan says, it does serious damage to powers and principalities, but actually you'll be more you at the end of it than you were at the beginning, and you'll know that God loves you more at the end than you did at the beginning. So we both went for a sozo while we were there, which was hilarious, uh, because Andy was a bit reticent before, but I'd already booked him in, you know. And at the morning, he's like, well, I'm not sure I need to go for a sozo. <laughs> I'm like, we're going. <laughs> anyway, after 
the Sozo. That was amazing. That was outstanding. That was the best thing that's ever happened to me in my whole life. I'm so glad I booked us in. How was your Sozo, Teresa? Oh, mine was good. to two staff meetings which was a great privilege because we got to sit with all these spiritual giants and hear about all the news that was going on in all different places around the world which you will hear about in more detail but it was totally amazing and I'd say one thing that kept happening while I was there is God kept blowing up all my little boxes like I had a little box of what evangelism looks like And he managed to completely blow that into smithereens. I had other little boxes that he managed to blow up into smithereens as well. Uh, I got to meet Teresa Deadman, which was great. Boy, I want her to come to Hope. She's got such a heart for creativity and not in all areas, music, art, drama, uh, flags, dance, uh, and all ages as well. Um, We went to the encounter rooms while we were there, which is every Saturday morning, and it's the meeting you go to before you go through to the healing team. But honestly, even if you don't need healing, which we didn't, we just went to the encounter rooms because it's so good. We just hung out there. But one of the things that really blessed me, and all the mums here will love it, all the kids a part of it. So there's all these girls, little girls in pink sparkly frocks and ballet slippers and little scarves and they're all running around with grown-up ladies wafting the presence of God. But it's not just cute. These little kids pack a punch in the spirit. So when you first encounter it, you think, oh, isn't that sweet? (laughs) They've let the children join in. And then you get whacked. (laughs) Um, We also got to meet this great guy called Ahab Al-Hindi, who I think gives the best hugs after Jesus. So, Jesus, Teresa, (laughs) Ahab. Um... And I have a hug meter, you know. It's sort of rated. Good hugs, Jesus hugs, apathetic hugs. Not really interested in them. Um, And we met this guy called Joaquin, who I've heard loads about, but it was a bit like the radio. You know when you hear a DJ on the radio, and then you see him, and you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting you to look like that. Chris Evans was a bit like that. I heard him, and I saw him, I was like, oh. The body and the voice don't match up. Uh, Joaquin's like that. He's a little slight guy, and I had visions of him being more like an Ahab. Um, What else was I going to say? Oh, we got time to read. So I'd highly recommend Danny's new book, Keep Your Love On. It is totally, totally mint. I've already underlined it. And I'm going, planning on going back and reading it again because it was so good. 
Uh, I also read a book called The New Mystics, which you have to do in small doses because it does your head in. But it tells a lot about how the Holy Spirit ministered years ago, years and years and years ago, which is dead encouraging because when we're doing weird stuff, you can think, oh, it's okay. They were doing weird stuff in the 1300s. So it's fine. It's not new. Um, I also read Michael Parkinson's blog. Sat in amazing worship with Jeremy Riddle. Um, But the first night, the first Sunday we were there, uh, what I wanted to share about was uh, we listened to this guy called Ray Hughes, who I'd never heard of before, but I expect the Spicer family have and people connected with worship. Um, If you are... If you go on ibethel.org, download and listen to the Sunday night. It will be the first Sunday we were there, so beginning of August, beginning of July. There's a guy called Ray Hughes, and apparently he's been formative in forming the worship at Bethel. He was there because he'd just been speaking at their worship conference, but I have never written so fast in all my life. I'd got handache at the end. You know, when he finishes and you're like, whoa. Um, he was so good. Hi, Eileen. Teresa sends you her love. <laughs> um, he spoke about David. And he also spoke about going new places and experiencing new things as part of our journey with God, uh, which is very timely as we've got all these families that have suddenly come to join us in Glasgow. Yay! Um, He came out with some great one-liners. So the first one. Any time, and this is particularly for us older, more senior people, any time your memories are more powerful than your dreams, you're sabotaging your future. There you go. Think about that for a few years. Uh, He talked about we're called to be imitators, not innovators. Um, Oh, what did I say? We're called to be, not called to be imitators, but innovators. Did I say it the wrong way around? He spoke how David was no longer... How he, he talked about the whole transition in David's life. He talked about how it was out in the fields when he was a shepherd that he really um, connected with God and changed the spiritual atmosphere. You can tell that because from some of the Psalms he wrote... And he knew and experienced God when he was protecting those sheep against bears and lions and things like that. Um, But he talked about how David was then in the court of Saul, but he was no longer limited to playing to appease Saul's issues. And I thought that was true for our worship leaders now in hope. You are not called to appease our issues or do what the people want, or even what the leaders want. You are called to worship before God himself. David wrote creative songs which sustained worship and would be sung by his sons for the next 30 years. Some of David's songs we're still singing now. And ever so often someone will put a new tune to them and they come into a whole new um, life again. God's all over them. He atmosphere shifted in a shepherd's field. 
This, his sound activated minstrel songs which carried truth and covenantal promises for thousands of years. You think about that. He wrote songs that became a truth and that would endure for a thousand generations. He sang, he forgives all my sin and heals all my diseases, which we're still singing now. Which is amazing, isn't it? So all your songwriters at Hope, you need to start writing songs about what God's speaking to us, about living as sons and daughters and the days and times he's called us to. Um, such was David's heart that there was purpose, presence, and a sound of God that he sang out, which God found totally irresistible. And we've experienced that here. There are times in worship where we're calling out to God, and he can't resist it. He rocks up. Um, Yet David released warriors and musicians And he changed the way totally worship looked and was experienced. And God's doing that now. Uh, God is changing the way the church carries music. We don't know what that looks like. That's what he said. David set up a new order with new government and new understanding. He talked about God will lead us into quiet places to restore us but he will also lead us into quiet places that we need to restore. And when we're in deserts, often we're there to beautify the place and transform it. That would certainly be our experience. Deserts are great places to become great plateaus of grass and fields and trees and fruit and cattle. Um... David also raised up other worship leaders. You think about Asaph and his sons. He created a language and songs that became a truth. And they wrote songs that explained a process. So he wrote songs of despair, songs of heartache, as well as triumph and singing the nature of God. Uh, Yeah, this is really good. He talked, oh, and his other great one-liner is, never settle to worship where a God is tolerated. Be in a place where he is celebrated. And never live where you are tolerated. Only live in a place where you are celebrated. He talked about the importance of telling our stories, telling our memories. When I start telling you a story, it belongs to me. But when I finish the story, it belongs to you. Whatever God has promised in the past is a promise to a future generation. So if you get the chance, download, especially you musicians and worships, it was packed, absolutely packed with stuff. I wrote as fast as I could, and I reckon I probably got a quarter of what he said. I would now like to introduce you to the wonderful Andy Merrick. Oh, it's so good to be back with you all. Thanks for sending us and releasing us to go. Thanks to the leadership team who looked after it all while we were gone in a quiet July. Yeah. So, I, I persuaded Jan that, that 
Thread gold that July was always quiet, so it was a good month for us to take a month off. And we got back and she's like, you said it was quiet. <laughs> well, it used to be quiet in July, obviously not anymore. Um, I, 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 th- there is so much to, that God has done with us that we, there's no way you can do it in one Sunday. But I, I want us to look at a couple of scriptures together. I want to talk about one thing on the back of what Teresa's talking about. So we're going to go to Psalms. She's talking about David, Psalm 22, which is an amazing psalm because at the, at the beginning you get this sense that he was at the cross, which obviously he wasn't. But he, he speaks about what Jesus went through at the cross. And then it progresses. And I want to talk to you. Uh, and this, is kind of, this was a surprise to me while, while we were away. But it, it was like suddenly... Uh, God started to speak to me about afresh, really, about something that that sparked in, in my heart, really, when I was like 19, and I just got saved, and he's just renewing this whole expectation of the nations and rulers flooding to the church and to church leadership. Actually, the leaders of the world starting to look to uh, the people of God for answers. I believed it would happen. I still believe it would happen. It is actually happening right now. A lot of it I can't tell you, otherwise they'll have to kill me. But we can give you some idea of the big shifts that are happening on, on our planet right now where there's hunger in, in international leaders for Jesus. And not just the, not just the Jesus is gentle Jesus, but the... The, the credible Jesus, the powerful Jesus. People that lead nations are interested in him. Just, just turn to me, uh, with me to Psalm 22, 20, verse 25. <clears throat> it says, From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you will I fulfill my vows. This is a little bit off the point, but I just thought, from you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. That, that, that's often, we have lots of interludes in our worship, and I know for some of you that's wonderful, and some of you think, well, what's going on? There's no song now. Well, that's where you get your theme from him in the midst of the great assembly. A lot of what David got, he got he, he, they were downloads. They were interactions where he, he got something from the Father. He got something from heaven invading his spirit inside a worship environment. And then his song was a spontaneous song that was given him. And he started to sing things that were completely out with the kind of current levels of expectation and understanding. So the Psalms are full of things that belong in the New Testament. But it's because in worship, David's getting his theme spontaneously from heaven. And he's starting to sing and compose. And I want to propose to you that in our interludes, that you can get a new song. You can get a revelation. You can get a download and start to sing something. It doesn't mean you have to have a great voice. But you can, you, you can get your theme from heaven in the midst of the assembly. That's what he's saying. There I was, we were worshipping, and whammo, this thing hit me. Yeah. And, and what hit him was pretty spectacular. It says, the poor will eat and be satisfied. They who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth. Now remember, this is a small nation at the end of the Mediterranean. But this he starts to declare 
what he's receiving from the Father, what he's receiving, his download from heaven in the worship time. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord. He rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those, <coughs> those who cannot keep themselves alive, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, for he has done it. What a song! Yeah. I mean, this is a declaration. This is, this is something he's hearing and he's resonating with and he's starting to compose this and sing this in this interlude, as it were, and he's declaring that all the families of the nations are going to turn to God, that the nations, the nations are going to remember and turn to the Lord. Families of the nations will bow and worship him. Even post- so he's going into the future, they're going to remember, they're going to serve, the, the poor will be fed and the rich will, will, will encounter the presence of God. This is, this, is his, this is his worship declaration. So it doesn't just have to be about, you know, Jesus, I love you. It can be a massive declaration about the, the purpose of God. And, and this isn't about the end times. Because when Jesus comes back, it's not a time for remember. It's a time for, oh golly, he's here. <laughs> the time for remembering and serving and doing all the things that are in this passage is over when he arrives. This is a time, this is going to be manifest in time and space before he returns. This is not some future event. Sometimes we push too many things into, oh, when Jesus comes back and we're all in heaven, then the nations will worship him. No, this is going to happen in, in our lifetime and in the lifetime of our children. You turn with me to Psalm, uh, not Psalm, Isaiah 60. This has been a, a favorite for, for a really long time, Isaiah 60. We used to sing songs out of this. I think we should write some, again, some modern ones. Verse 1, Arise and shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes, look about you, all assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the arm. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth of the seas will be brought to you, and the riches of the nations will come, and on and on and on. Now, a lot of these Old Testament prophecies have a double fulfillment. So Isaiah, a lot of what he's prophesying about in its first fulfillment was the restoration of Jerusalem, the return of the exiles. The whole nation had been exiled, and this is a prophecy about the return. But there's no way that the glory of the return it was fairly small, it was maybe 60,000, 70,000 people, can be described as nations coming with all their wealth. And, and, and many of us believe, that, that, that many commentators believe that what this is, there was a, an earthly fulfillment, but this was a prophecy about the church to come. This was a prophecy about the days when Christ was here. And so in Isaiah 53, we have the suffering servant, who is my servant, which just describes 
the crucifixion. So here, here we have a declaration, here we have a prophetic declaration about our day. Arise and shine for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Gross darkness covers the earth, but he rises on you. And he could look around and, and he could focus on the gloomy stuff, or you could focus on how the way that the Lord is, is reflecting and manifesting his glory on us. And, and sometimes we can think, well, what's the, what, why are we all hit up about glory? Well, glory is such a crucial part of the Bible, such a crucial theme of the Bible. If you think back to Moses, what was his bottom line desire? It says, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And right through into, into John 17, Jesus said, I'm going to share my glory with them. I want them to be with me where I am and behold my glory. And, and one of the saddest laments about the temple and about the people of God was, was that the glory had departed. It became Ichabod, because Kabod is a, a Hebrew word for glory, which is part of it means like weight. And then Ichabod is the glory has departed. And one of the prophet's sons got, not, got named that because the glory departed from Israel. And the glory, the glory is something tangible. It is something feelable. It is something visible. And it's manifest in many, many ways. But here, here is a prophecy that glory rises on the people of God. And the outcome of the glory rising on them is that the nations start to come to them. kings to the brightness of the dawn that's on the people of God. There's a, there's a thirst in humanity for glory. There's a desire, and when they see glory, when they see something glorious, something filled with, just like we were hearing at the front here about what happened at the youth camp, you start to lift up hope and lift up glory and lift up, no, it's not just all about hell and gloom and the end. It's about now. There's hope for you now. You're made in the image of God and He's glorious and He's calling that out of you. Suddenly something comes alive in people. And the key heart of this is as we become a place that is 100% focused on we want to host the presence of God. His glory is manifest amongst us in all kinds of ways. Some of us see it. And we went on a, a few months ago now, we went on a, a hike up a hill and we were in a cloud and Teresa brought our clothes in because all our clothes were covered in gold dust. Remember, it was on our boots, it was on the inside of our jackets, the outside of it. It was just a walk up a hill. But that was some manifest glory. We went on a drive to these redwood trees and we sat in our car and there was gold dust all over our dashboard. We weren't praying, we weren't worshipping, just, just he's just following us around with gold dust. It's just a manifestation of the glory of God. When Moses cried out and said, God, will you show me your glory? God said, oh, you can't see the fullness of me. But what he actually says is, he's good, he, I'll let my goodness pass before you. So every aspect of the goodness of God that you see and that you experience and that gets manifest is a manifestation of the glory of God. When someone gets healed, it's glorious. When someone gets provision, it's glorious. When someone gets saved, it's glorious. When a, when a cloud fills the air, it's glorious. When your face beams like Moses' did, it's glorious. It's a manifestation of the glory of God. When you feel the weight of His presence, that's the tangible glory 
on the people of God. When you can't stand up any longer, that's kabod, that's the weight of his presence, just saying, have a rest. When your hands feel heavy, when you feel that sense of something on, resting on your shoulders in worship, that's the glory of God. Yeah? Nations are coming to the glory. So we need to keep receiving the glory. We need to, keep, need to keep asking and declaring and desiring like Moses did. Show me your glory because the key to, the, to national and international transformation is the presence of the glory of God on, on and through and in the people of God. And this, isn't a, this, is, this is a prophetic vision from 700 years probably before Christ that is coming true today. Could, could we see my, my first video clip. Good morning to all of my friends in Honduras. There's so much expectation in my heart today. Many people have raised the question, what is the motivation behind One Nation One Day? The reason One Nation One Day is happening is because we love Honduras and we believe y nosotros creemos, this is the time to answer the question que este es el tiempo para responder a la pregunta, raised by the ancient prophet eh, levantada por el profeta en tiempos antiguos can a nation be saved in one day? ¿Puede una nación ser salva en un día? Twentieth of July, twenty thirteen, so last month, the largest number of short term missionaries invaded one nation in one day. Every major stadium was filled simultaneously. You saw the figures coming up in every major city of that nation. The gospel was preached to that nation in one day. 
just this last month, this happened. This happened. Hundreds of thousands of people were called to reformation of their nation. This is the first of, of many. You saw a clip of him at the end. The young guy at the age of 12 had a, a vision on the back of the Isaiah verses which says, can a nation be saved in a day? And he thought, yes, this can happen. He's now in his late 20s, early 30s. And, and Honduras is, is the first fulfillment of his, of his dream. And he asked them, he said, I, w- I want to bring 2,000 missionaries to your nation. And we will come if the president is, is present at the meetings, if you give us free access to every major stadium in the nation, if you declare a public holiday on the day that we do the meetings, if you give us the week build-up access to all the, all the schools for the full week, and you give, us, you give us a 747 to fly our missionaries in for free, and you let us bring all our trucks and supplies in without bribes or without searches and without hassle. Those were their demands to, if you want us to come and do this in your nation, you have to do this. So the president went public on public television. They declared that Saturday a public holiday. They gave them all the stadiums, which then got filled they spoke to a million children in schools in the week build-up. They took truckloads of medical supplies, food into this nation. You can see it all, if you go, uh, I've posted it on our Facebook page. Uh, Joe Hall's posted it. You can click on it. There's more videos that just fill out what they did. This happened just a few weeks ago. A whole nation showed up and heard the gospel and, and received hope. Pro- possibly the most violent nation on the earth right now, Honduras. The nations are coming to the brightness of his shining. Isn't it gobsmackingly amazing? (laughs) It's in the book, but it's happening on the planet. I'm going to try and tell you. We got to sit in staff meetings at, at Bethel, which is where the different ministry leaders get together every week. And basically, they meet for two hours, and an hour and a half is testimonies. And, and the first, well, both of them we went to were, were just mind-blowing because what it, there, were, there were great testimonies of healing, which I expected. But what we were getting was testimonies of national transformation. So we, we heard about this. And it had just happened. It was like two days. Yeah, because Brian and Jen Johnson, the worship leaders, have been involved with, with that. It wasn't a Bethel thing, but it was something that uh, they were connected to, and they did treasure hunts and prayed for the sick. In fact, it's fun watching. There's a video of the health care they gave. So they took all these health supplies, and then they're just praying for all the sick people as they're doing whatever they can. They do sort of the medical and the spiritual at the same time. It's just, it's just wonderful. Um, and we heard about how in, in Mozambique, so you all know about Heidi Baker, Heidi and, and Roland. There's a really strong link with the the Bethel guys and them, but Bethel also have their own missionary out there. And we, we met her, and a very unassuming lady, but she, she's established a, a base in central Mozambique, and she is transforming the nation. Certain things happened, and they've asked her, the government has asked her to train their leaders. So these government leaders, not church leaders. They've set up a school, they're going to set up another school. They do everything 
by the law of the land. And they're getting incredible favor and seeing lots of people saved, lots of children fed, lots of supernatural things happen. What's the name of the book, Jan? If you get a book called Outrageous Courage, there is absolutely outrageous miracles happening. Like people's heads turning around that have been damaged. Like their head was sort of all the way back around because of a car accident. And dead. <laughs> Obvious, obviously. <laughs> It'd probably be weirder if they'd have been alive. <laughs> so raised, raised from the dead and then the whole head and neck turns around. This is this... Is this yeah, and eyeballs popping back in and all this kind of, this is kind of normal. But when the glory of God shows up, a miracle shows up, a, a, and angels show up, nations are changed. Mozambique is being absolutely changed. The, 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 the province we went to had gone from 98% Muslim animist to over 50% Christian in eight years. And and we heard about how certain senior, senior leaders uh, are getting access now to, to national, Western national leaders. How they're being invited in to, and they prayed for the sick at some of the highest levels of government officials and seen them healed. And that's opened the door then for, for, for prophets to go in and not just prophesy over over senior leaders, senior politicians in major nations, but also train them to prophesy. This is happening. I can't tell you any more or they'll have to kill me. There was, there was one evening Bill, Bill Johnson stood up on a Sunday night and said, we have got such incredible access and favor and so many testimonies of access to, to national leadership and world leadership, but I cannot tell you let's just celebrate it and everybody went bonkers (laughs) the nations are coming to the brightness of our shining they want the real Jesus they want the one who raises people from the dead and gives sight to the blind they want the one who they want they want a bunch of believers Jesus followers who access heaven and get heaven's wisdom because there's there's a lack there's a there's a hunger there's a desire there's a need and we've been put on the planet to meet that need. Humanistic answers are not working. We have the answers. Just look at someone and tell them they have the answers. Because we are, we are going to end up believing this. We heard stories about... about about nations being changed. We heard stories about the, the city where, where we're staying, Reading, where this Bethel church is. The city being changed, where, where business, senior business leaders, sort of fathers in the city, are turning to the church leaders and saying, well, what's your vision for the city? And they tell them and they say, well, we'll do your vision because that's better than ours. It's happening. The nations are coming to the brightness of our shining and it's going to happen in our nation. It's going to happen in Scotland. It's going to happen in the United Kingdom. Glasgow is going to be transformed because you and I are here. And we're hosting his presence and his glory 
It can happen in Honduras and it can happen in Reading and it can happen in Mozambique. It's, the ti- it's time. It's time to host His presence. And, and what's, what's exciting as you hear this is, is what's giving them favor. Not everybody's getting this kind of access. But what's been hammered out, what's been learned in building the culture locally a culture of honor, a leadership that sticks together and works things out over many years, that is actually what they've learned in doing that then because they treat everybody that way. Doors start to open into officialdom, into senior people because they do, they do honor. And then those people want to come and look at what you've built. And they come and they go, this is amazing. And that opens more doors because they taste the atmosphere this is, this is not necessarily believing people. They're just people who want to see, can anybody do this? Can anybody create an environment where people love one another, afford one another, celebrate one another, and stick together for any length of time? Can anybody do something that isn't full of political wrangling and division? And I want to be able to tell them, yes, we've done it. Come and have a look. And that, is an environment that the Holy Spirit, the presence of God loves to be and to dwell, is, is that everybody gets celebrated. I don't want anybody to leave Hope Church because they're not celebrated. Let's celebrate everybody. Whereas the leadership, we keep working out, we've been working on this, how we stick together, how we, how we honor one another, how we labor together, because nobody has those answers, but we do. It's, it's in the kingdom of heaven coming to the earth we need access we need to keep access in the supernatural resources that God has made available to us you excited about this yeah. I'm absolutely isn't this amazing absolutely stunning as we keep getting filled with the yummy goodness of God as we keep understanding what it is to love and to honor as we keep doing signs and wonders and miracles and growing in what that means, it's going to influence our city, our nation, and the nations. It just will. That's what the prophecy says. Arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen on you. The outcome of the glory of God being on you is that nations and kings come to you. And what you learn in order to host the glory of God at that level equips you to give input to the nations and to kings yeah so in order to host the presence of God at that incredibly intense level requires us to keep building a community of love and honor because the two go together they're not separate if we say we love God then we love our brother and the more we love him the more we love each other the more we love each other the more we love him and the more of him shows up because of our love for one another and our love for him it's, it's a self-fulfilling, virtuous cycle. Um, so I'm incredibly excited. Yeah. What we're doing in hosting His presence and pursuing signs and wonders and pursuing His face only and turning our affections to Him and just learning to love Him and learning to Him to be our priority and our one desire is going and is already, I believe, changing our city and our nation. What we're doing, as it bears fruit, will can change this this nation forever not just for now because it's for posterity's sake remember what david said it's not just for our blessing 
It's for the generations to come. And the whole thing is that you just keep getting blessed, you keep getting filled, you just keep loving one another, and then we will be this massive supply for this planet. Can you show me the clip? That, dear friends, is the church. That's who we're called to be to the planet, to our friends. That we just keep receiving so much of his goodness. And then, you know, like at the beginning, she kind of, one bottle, two bottles, three bottles. At that point, she's keeping them all. Then she's got more than she can hold. So she's like, well, you have one, and you have one, and you have one. That's what God wants to do to you. He wants to overwhelm you with pizza, the yummy pizza goodness of heaven. He wants to over, overwhelm you with the Coca-Cola goodness of the Holy Spirit. Wine, Holy Spirit, Coca-Cola. You, you know what I'm saying. And as we, as we receive from Him, we're then dispensers of it to the planet around us. And it, it changed. The, the whole atmosphere changed, didn't it? They're, they're, they're all sharing. They're all celebrating. They're all just because there's somebody there giving. And we're connected, to, we're connected to the God who always gives. He's always on. He's always good. He's always giving. He's always healing. He's always releasing. He's always supplying. He's always changing you. He's always blessing you. He's always reviving you. He's always stirring you up so that you become someone who's going to change the planet and the people around you. Arise and shine. Your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And the nations are going to come. 
and they're going to wonder and they're going to worship and they're going to enjoy the wisdom and the supply and the miracle that God is depositing right in your life. You're a nation changer. You're a world changer. You're a city changer. You're a school changer. You're a workplace changer. You're a street changer. You are someone on whom the glory of God dwells. Let's, let's stand. <clears throat> I'm excited about changing the planet. <laughs> Why don't you all say that as well, if you can? <laughs> yeah, let's do that one. I'm excited about changing Glasgow. Let's just declare that. I'm excited about changing Glasgow. I declare I'm a world changer. My heavenly Father is going to supply all of my needs. So I can meet other needs in abundance. Amen. Amen. Do we still have a ministry team? Would you, would you, can we have the ministry team? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've been long for so, gone so long. I'm getting rusty. I'm getting beaten up now by the leadership team. I, I want to pray. Uh, we just have guys here. If you need a breakthrough uh, in your finances, in your body. But I particularly, uh, I want to pray for cancer. If you have it or you know someone who has it, and particularly if you know a child that has it. Uh, I, I had an encounter with God on this issue, and I, I want to go after that today. And if you have something in your body that's incurable, um, I really want to pray for you. Uh, Again, God God spoke to me, and don't misunderstand this, but incurable is only an opinion. It's a human opinion. It's not heaven's opinion. So if you need prayer for anything, but if you know of or you have cancer, I'd love to pray for you. Incurable, I'd love to pray for you. These guys can pray with you as well. Otherwise, there's tea, coffee, and cake, and juice. Oh, and there's, no, there's communion. I forgot all about that. Jet lag. There's communion. So if you don't need prayer, if you need prayer, come for prayer, then get communion, or just get communion, and then there's tea and coffee afterwards. So there's bread and wine at the back, and please don't forget your children. They are your children. Please collect them. That's it. We're done.